This is Living Life with Brendan podcast, inspiring people to choose to focus on the positives and live a life with purpose. Welcome everybody to Living Life with Brendan podcast. I'm so excited today to have my first live guest, Tony DeMarais with me today. Uh, Tony's one of my best friends. We grew up together. Um, he's actually the one that pulled me out of the water the night of my injury. And we're going to dive into all these events, kind of our relationship as friends, how it's grown from fifth grade all the way to where we are now as 34-year-olds and growing up in life. And so very excited to have Tony on the podcast today. And uh, welcome. What's up, Brent? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Feels weird to see a podcast studio set up in your house. Yeah, well... You know, we do what we can these days. No, I love it. I've uh, just been here a lot, of, a lot of days and a lot of nights, and it's pretty cool to see see the setup. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while. I'd say, you know, growing up, your parents actually moved, what, a block away, I'd say? Yeah, yeah, next, yeah, one block away, right down Rice Lake Road, fifth grade. Rice Lake Road. So I moved here in second grade, and you came in fifth grade, but mm -hmm. just being so close, we ended up walking to school together i think yeah i think for those last i think you were the first person that had actually like kind of introduced yourself in the fifth grade whatever that introduction looks like um and then we just started walking to and from school yeah yeah I, so funny looking back roadrunners rice lake roadrunners yeah oh man good times i remember quite a bit from there just teachers school and everything yeah i mean it was pretty sweet we had a good friend group and had some fun recess times and absolutely yeah no it was fun no that's that's great and then actually the big split happened was junior high at our age was mm -hmm. seven eight nine mm -hmm. and they drew the new boundary lines which i mean your parents live a block away yeah and we somehow got split up at junior highs i went to osseo you went to Maple Grove. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, both of us are pretty close to the border, I'd say. <laughs> right, we're right on teetering. So I'd say we were probably pretty close friends for the two years that we first met. Yep. You know, inseparable walking to school, walking back from school, mm -hmm. soccer together, sports. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, junior high, we split just going Maple Grove, Osseo. Mm -hmm. You were a soccer guy, right? Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, played soccer all growing up. Nice. You did too. Yeah, a little bit. I, you know, I fell in love with it later in my years, yeah. but, uh, no, in junior high, then I went to Osseo, played hockey, you were at soccer at Maple Grove and mm -hmm. kind of fell through, you know, the relationship itself, just having, you know, that distance between us, we never really saw each other in and out, but we stayed close within our groups with yes. athletics, yeah. um, you know, cause we always play two years mm -hmm. with hockey. So I knew some of the soccer guys that played both. Yeah. And yeah. And I had some of my close soccer or besides the one or two um most of my soccer guys were at osseo middle oh yeah like bowman and oh yeah i remember them ike and those guys yeah nice yeah so we we always had overlapping friends yeah. between those years yeah because you, you had hockey guys that went to maple grove too yes right? yeah. yeah absolutely yeah it's just funny how you know those are the years you kind of grow mm -hmm. everybody kind of grows every once in a while you go in there at 100 pounds four foot two and then yep. next thing you know you're five six feet tall when you finally get back to high school <laughs> yeah and so that's kind of where we blossomed as well, I'd say, getting a chance back at Maple Grove Senior. Yeah. Um, you know, again, with athletics, but it was so funny seeing you walk around and be like, oh my God, yeah. I remember you from fifth and sixth grade. Yeah, that's kind of the cool thing is like you get, you build those friendships in elementary and at the time it sucks that you have to go to different schools, but then, you know, you kind of regroup when you're at the time it was 10th grade, right? You kind of regroup with a new friend group and, it's kind of exciting seeing old friends that you were friends with in elementary school and then yeah just kind of having it all come together absolutely i think that's one of the cool things about relationships and growth like you said you never know where they're gonna go yeah and and with close friends um you know there's some that fizzle out some that last and it mm -hmm. just happens where senior high we we didn't hang out a ton i wouldn't say no. um you know we ran around circles that knew each other and you know for those three years at maple grove you know, we'd hang out, we'd see each other at parties or outings. We always supported oh, yeah. other events and whatnot. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember going to a lot of your hockey games and yeah, just cheering you guys on. And yeah, it was fun to, fun times going to different sporting events. I always had the pool parties here too. So Pool parties were good. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, we can kind of jump into 
college years is actually where we got closer as well because yeah. I went to Gustavus to play hockey mm -hmm. and then you were at Mankato right away. Yeah, I went to Mankato for a year and then I transferred to the U. Okay. Um, Tommy Stance and I roomed together, so that might have brought us back. Yeah, because we had a we had a couple nights in Mankato that were yeah that were fun. But then, you know, I want to jump into one of the things why I wanted to have you on is obviously just our relationship as a whole. Mm -hmm. But then talking about the night of the injury itself, because this is you know something that we've talked about and discussed quite a bit, and a lot of people have heard you know my side of the story and what I've went through. Mm -hmm. But I personally disclaimer to everybody out there have never heard your side of the story of that mm -hmm. night mm -hmm. and so this is going to be impactful and new to me new to everybody out there and so you know with that night and how we were in college and hanging out mm -hmm. i know that you had transferred i think sophomore year were you at the u sophomore year yep okay That's so we had finished sophomore year mm -hmm. and then we were actually just at lifetime saying how you know, oh my God, it's been so long since we've seen each other. Yeah. Um, you know, you had told me about people going up to a cabin. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. There are a lot of friends there that I knew. And so I was like, I'm sold. Let's do this. Yeah. And so, you know, just going up there, having the night, you know, we had, I think five, six people I drove um, up to the cabin, had a great time during the night. Mm -hmm. And everybody's heard my side of you know, we were hanging out at the cabin, having a great time, wanted to jump in. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember you kind of laughing at me like, are you seriously going to want to go jump in the mm -hmm. water right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, running down the dock, having you be out there with me, still giving me a bunch of crap for wanting to jump in late at night. Yeah. Um, but then my instance of running down, jumping in, blacking out, for me, I don't know how long that was, mm -hmm. um, waking up inhaling water face down, um, not able to move and kind of going through the emotions that I was going through. Mm -hmm. But this is the spotlight that I'm really curious of is, you know, the events of that night, how it pertained from your side and just getting a f full scope of basically that entire night. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, like you said, it started at Lifetime. Um, yeah, we ran into some buddies and one of them was having uh, friends up at the cabin and you know, that's the cool part about, you know, we talked about elementary, middle and high school, but that's the cool thing about colleges. When you come back, you can kind of reconnect with high school friends. And um, yeah, I remember going up there and I think that's the most important thing to talk about kind of before the injury happened is that it was, we had fun, but it wasn't anything like crazy, right? Like everybody was pretty responsible. Like you said, we had just finished up our sophomore year in college. So um, you know, it was a, it was a fun night, but everybody was responsible. I think, um, you know, before you and I went down to the, down to the dock, um, everybody was cleaning up the cabin and people were getting ready to go to bed. And yes, I think you had mentioned that you, you know, wanted to go in, uh, to the lake and obviously you're a big cabin pool guy growing up. So, uh, from my side of things, uh, going down there, like, I'm kind of a worry wart, you know, I've had some things, uh, happen leading up into that point to just kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of a mother hen worry wart. Right. So like, I didn't want to go in, but I wanted to go down there with you. Um, and I remember going down there and I think we got to the beginning of the dock and you asked me again, you're like, sure. You're not going in. I was like, I don't know, man, maybe, but <laughs> I'm not going first. Um, and then, I remember you throw me your towel and it was kind of an L-shaped dock. So like yep. as you were, you know, running out, I don't think you ran, but I think you just kind of lightly jogged yep. and then dove in. And then uh, when you were in the water, I pretty much, you know, took a right on the L-shaped dock and then put our stuff down. I think I started to sit down or whatever, but um, yeah, the image that I'll never have out of my mind or never get out of my mind is that, you know, I remember seeing you kind of float up to the water and as the moon was out i don't know if it was a full moon that night but i remember this the moon just kind of lighting up the lake and then uh lighting up your back like i could see the moon like reflect off your back and that just image just stills in my mind but you kind of you know you kind of uh hit a point where you're like okay at what point you know I, at first i thought you were joking right, right a little bit which you know we're college, we're kind of, you know, playing, that's kind of your prime year of playing 
jokes on each other and just kind of haven't, you know, and so it took me a few seconds to realize like, Hey, this is serious. Um, and I, I do remember jumping in, uh, feet first, cause I don't know how to dive. Um, so I j jumped in feet first and I'll never forget. Like the water was just like up to my waist yeah. and you know, I'm six two. So, uh, the water was pretty low and I think you were like probably 15, 20 yards, maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 yards from the dock felt like 50. Right. Um, but I think after you dove, you probably kind of drifted out a little bit, you know, within those five seconds, 10 seconds of me getting to you. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's a blur. It's very gray on me getting to you. And I knew that I had to flip you over or turn you over because you had taken in water, right? Is that kind of your... Yeah. So for me, the, the thing I'll never forget is the grin that I gave you, that you gave me when I threw you my towel. Yeah. Like I remember this yeah, yeah. full aware. Yeah. And then jumping in, just like every other shallow dive doc, I did it a week before at a friend's cabin on the 4th of July, mm -hmm. just getting, you know, cool, calm, like jump in, get refreshed right before bed. And for me, diving in is that that time, I don't know how long I was out. It was very quick. And then I was inhaling water face down mm -hmm. and I couldn't move. But the weird thing is I wasn't in full panic mode. I think I was in shock. Sure. So for me, it felt extremely long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't burning um, lungs or having any sort of fear. Sure. Um, it was inhaling through my nose, not my mouth. I don't know why mm -hmm. I was choosing to do that. But for me, when you flipped me, it almost felt like a shot of adrenaline. Sure. Because that's when I was able to gasp for air. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there are some things after you flip me, I would love to hear it continue because that's where mm -hmm. some of the pieces are for me that also I'd love to hear. Yeah, for sure. So I got you and kind of turned you over. and was just kind of carrying you um, and you were, you know, kind of face up uh, to the sky. And then I just did my best to walk over to the dock as quickly as possible. And then, um, I yelled up to the cabin, uh, you know, very loud the cabin, I guess, to give you guys some visual, it was probably, you know, a hundred yards up from the lake and up a hill a little bit. Uh, thankfully the windows were open. So I think, uh, two of our friends had heard, uh, me yelling, but it had taken some time. I don't know what the time was probably close to, I don't know, like five, seven minutes for somebody to come down. So, you know, the, my initial calls, nobody was coming. So I'm like, okay, well, I have to get you up on the dock. Like, you know, a million thoughts are going through my head as, as far as like what, what happened to you. And it really wasn't, you know, clear to me, you know, my initial shock that like you had broke your neck, right? right? I maybe, had no maybe idea. you didn't even know. No, I had no idea what happened. I just couldn't move. Yeah. Were we conversing? Cause I know when I was flipped over mm -hmm. and I was able to breathe again, I do remember going up and then under again. Yeah. So after my initial calls up to the cabin and after a few minutes, you know, I'm holding you and you're, you know, you're big lighter boy. than me. I'm a big boy. Yeah. You're, you, you were what, like 160, 170? I was about 185. Okay. That, call, yeah, <laughs> that college weight. Um, so yeah, you felt like 200, 300 pounds. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I would say I'm fit, but I'm not like super strong. So I tried to just get you up on the dock because, you know, that was just what I was thinking at the time that I just needed to get you up because if no one was coming down, I would have to get up there to call 911 or tell people, cause I don't think we brought our phones down to the water. Right. Um, so that was my initial thought is I have to get you up one for your sake, like what's going on. Like if you need medical attention right away, but then also like, if I can't get anyone to come down. I have to be the one to go up there. So I did try to put you up, lift you up. Um, and maybe if I had benched a little more, I would have been able to get you up. But you, I kind of got your, like half of you, like kind of your butt cheek on the dock. And then I, you know, tried to lift you up and I couldn't. Um, and then you kind of fell back to me, which was, you know, and then you kind of fell in the water a little bit, like under the edge of the dock. Right. So then I kind of had to grab you again. And then I kept yelling, um, and then, yeah, two of our buddies came down and I think I was able to kind of 
lift you up in the same position and they were able to kind of one scoop your legs and one kind of grabbed your upper body and put you on the dock. And then I think at that point, you know, everybody in the cabin was if, you know, I think a few people were sleeping, but I think everybody was awake at that point. And then after that happened, after I got out of the water, then people came down to the dock. Good. Yeah. And that's obviously the ambulance came. We were able to get yeah. a ride. And then I was actually choppered to mm -hmm. North Memorial from there. And, you know, as that story continues to play out, kind of the next steps, you know, I've, I know what I was going through. Mm -hmm. You know, I had the surgery that night, thankfully. Um, but that's when the doors started opening for friends to come mm -hmm. see me, visitations and, you know, you being there from the night before me being, you know, happy, go lucky, fun yeah. to injury to next day's weeks mm -hmm. up to. I know what I was feeling mm -hmm. and I'm always so curious to know and being someone that's extremely close to me, mm -hmm. what that was like for you on your side during it. So if you could elaborate that, that'd be. Yeah. So as soon as they took you an ambulance to go airlifted, you know, the, the cops stayed there and we all had to go through questioning. So I'll never forget, you know, being put in the back of a cop car and just being questioned immediately. And yeah, that's, you know, you're, I was still, you know, in shock of what had happened and trying to gather my thoughts. So that was, uh, you know, I understand that they had to do that, but that was kind of, you know, where I was 20 years old and having have gone through that and then being able to, or I guess having to ask, answer questions, um, was a little difficult. Um, so just kind of that initial shock and like, I remember when you, sorry to backtrack a little bit, but when you went on the dock, you know, there was shock and everybody that was down there and we're like, I just remember people like, oh, you're okay, Brian. Like, you know, it's not as bad as you think or whatever. We're trying to convince ourselves that it wasn't that bad. Right. And thankfully, um, one of the girls there was uh, a certified nurse or she was going through her certification schooling to be a nurse. And she was like, guys, this is serious. So she was the one to kind of convince the group, like, hey, we have to call someone. Um, but after the event and uh, I remember, you know, telling my parents and just kind of breaking down and just kind of getting that out, which was probably good for me um, initially. But, you know, I, I remember like you being in the hospital and like, you know, people want to know like how appropriate or how ready you were to see visitors. Uh, I do remember going to the hospital and, you know, embracing with your parents. I think my dad went with me to the hospital. Um, but yeah, just kind of seeing you like that state, uh, you know, obviously you're the earth, like right after the injury where you're more rough days and like based on, you know, the initial diagnosis that you received, um, that was, you know, very difficult to go through that process, but then like have the, have it like solidified in your mind, it, like in my mind, like, holy shit, this, this was bad. And seeing you like that, uh, right. you know, that was obviously pretty difficult. And that's where I remember knowing how bad it was mm -hmm. no matter how much my friends would juice it up you know you guys got yeah. to go to a room and say all right we know that he's in a terrible condition right let's try and make it as light as possible mm -hmm. and when everybody would come in that's when i knew right away yeah that it's really bad even right. if someone came in and was like oh you look great it's right like, oh shit right i do not look great right um but that's where you know i talked about on my previous one how it got to a point where i felt bad that i can't converse mm -hmm. back with people to tell them how it was or how i'm feeling that's where it got really hard for me and i actually shunned some people away but just going back to you know with with you and your dad and coming in and whatnot mm -hmm. i guess you know as it progressed to see from north memorial to following the caring bridge i'm sure mm -hmm. with updates um as that continued to go along i guess what were your thoughts you know as far as did you question the relationship where it was going to go That's how things question. were going to go um you know i i don't think i questioned the relationship just because like you know i knew the person you were and like how you know and we're very similar in the aspect of like our our close friends are very important to us so i I don't ever think I questioned, um, you know, you wanting to continue to be friends or like you kind of shying away or like kind of blocking like my support. I don't think I ever felt that. 
um, at all from you or your parents, you know, or your family based on what had happened. Um, you know, I, I did feel, you know, there were times where it's like, what if I would have gone in? Right. right. And I think that everybody thinks that in hindsight, and especially in my case, we're like, I don't know how to dive. So like, if I would have jumped in, you know, maybe, maybe things would be the same. Maybe they, maybe they would be different. I mean, you, you had mentioned like you shallow dove, you know, the week before, so you know how to shallow dive, but I think that was, you know, I wouldn't say it was guilt, but that thought weighed on my mind a lot. Um, and I think that's just natural, right? Of course. And, and that's when, you know, I obviously look at what if, if I would have just jumped in feet first, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, that'll eat you up. Yeah. And sure. that's what I talk about my mindset all the time. The what ifs and, and whatnot, don't let them, don't let them get you. Cause there's always hindsight's 2020 yeah. as they say. Um, so, you know, I, I've talked to people that felt guilty that were at the cabin mm -hmm. over years and years. And I was like, you know, if you would have just reached out to me earlier, yeah. um, you know, seeing how I was able to overcome it right. and kind of get through it, yeah. there's no need for people to feel that type of guilt. But, um, one thing I was very curious about is how often do you still think about that night? That's a good question. Um, you know, how what was that like 14 years 14 ago. Yeah. yeah 14 years ago i mean i would say i i still think about it i wouldn't say nightly it's definitely like a weekly type of thing um just because like you know that's a pretty traumatic event for obviously you to go through but then you know whoever is part of that event um and we were so young right um yeah i would say like it is definitely on my mind it's not like a nightly thing just because like you know, now we're 34 and we just have so much going on in life that that can kind of distract you and in good ways. But it is, you know, I, I think you and I have always been, you know, like you said, this is the first time you're hearing my full side of the story. But I think, you know, it took a little time as you kind of went through your rehab and stuff, but it never really has been like a, a barrier for us to like talk through and stuff like that. So right. I think that helped me where like, if, you know, if there was that barrier, if there was that um, you know, if you were a little more hard on the surface, as far as, you know, not letting me in and not letting me kind of talk through things and develop our relationship from that point, I think it would have been, you know, I, th I probably would think about it more. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, let, you know, kind of what were some of the initial challenges you had mentioned, it was kind of hard to, to see people and, you know, obviously you can interact with people, but what are some of the initial challenges you know, as you were in the hospital, had your initial surgery, and then you went to Craig after, right? Yep. Yeah. So I'd say one of the toughest things for me that I mentioned is losing my voice, um, not being able to breathe on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's extremely frustrating having a machine yeah. telling me when you can breathe and when you can't, not being able to speak. So just going through that, going through, I had to go through multiple tests to see if I had a strong enough diaphragm mm. um, to be able to get off the ventilator. And that's why even my voice now is not as strong as I'd like it to be. It's sure. still very strong for a C4 level injury. So a high up injury, which is great. And I'm very thankful for, uh, but you'll hear a lot of people, um, you know, that are injured have to kind of take in their breaths as they talk. Yep. So thankfully I was young in shape, fit, mm had a strong enough diaphragm to continue conversations and being able to speak. I'd say that one's really tough. Like I said, not being able to communicate mm -hmm. and then going through swallow tests, having to relearn how to eat, um, being able to make sure I wasn't going to choke on certain things. Um, that was tough. And then the biggest thing for me too is, you know, autonomic dysreflexia, learning about my body, uh, the pins and needles, the feeling hot and cold temperature regulation. So, mm -hmm. For all of you that don't know, autonomic dysreflexia is basically, I can only feel from a certain level up from my paralysis. So for me, it's like a pencil line right up on my chest and up, that's where I have full sensation. Everywhere else in my body is very splotchy to no sensation at all. And when something's wrong, I get this spidey sense. Mm. So it's basically kind of a little flicker in my head that says, something's wrong. And as it progresses, it gets stronger and stronger, mm -hmm. um, kind of turns to sweat and certain things. And it could be anything from my sock is 
twisted in my shoe to something extremely severe, like I have, you know, a knife in my leg or something like that. Mm. Um, obviously, the severity comes through, but it starts as this little flicker. And over the years, I've learned to kind of figure out and go through a checklist as to what could be wrong. But there's certain things that you learn and, you know, temperature regulation is huge. I have a really hard time adapting because I don't walk around. I don't move. So I don't get that blood circulation. That's why I wonder why I live in Minnesota all the time because we have winter. But that one's tough. It's really hard to get warm once I'm cold and cold once I'm warm. Right. Um, so those are some of the really big ones that I've continued to progress and work with on a daily basis that, you know, typical people wouldn't understand unless you're in the situation and obviously i can dive deeper into those on specifics but no this is just the understanding of that night from your side and other people's side is Mm -hmm. it kind of helps me come full circle Mm -hmm. with the injury um you know i've gone through and understood my side for so long Mm -hmm. and i've always wanted to it's just the person that i am Mm -hmm. trying to gain full aspect of certain things Mm -hmm. and so this is it's unbelievable to hear from your side and knowing, and I don't ever want you to feel the guilt for it. Cause I wouldn't be here today without you. Right. So yeah. No, I appreciate I'm, that. I'm really happy that, you know, you're at a place where you are with it. Mm-hmm. And I think we're at a good spot with it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as we continue to move, there are so many things after the injury that once I was out at Craig, got off the ventilator, I was finally able to come home. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were still in school while I was out there. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, getting a chance to come see me as a 21 year old in college and whatnot. But when we came home, the visitors and the food and everything was just spectacular. And as I continued with school, I think our relationship just blossomed Mm -hmm. um, as we continued to navigate life. And so there's so many things that, you know, just highlighting off the top of my mind that I can think of, um, you know, the first one was probably the, uh, you know, you went to the U, I think your sister went to the U and we were just talking about concerts and I think it was Spring Jam was the first one we went to where we were out and about together mm-hmm. at a big event. And, you know, it was something that you planned, you got tickets for me. I was super grateful. We ended up seeing one of our friends perform, mm-hmm. um, opened up for someone. We got VIP mm-hmm. and went back and just really enjoyed the time. And that was For me, that was the first step of being like, okay, I'm injured, but I can still go do this. We did a concert, navigated through everything, got backstage, had just a blast of a time. I remember coming home that night thinking, like, we can do this. Yeah. There's there's no reason why I can't be doing things. Right. It's different. Yeah, sure, it's different, but we had so much fun. And again, from my side, it's different because I was worried. What's it going to be like? Mm-hmm. There's people. They're my friends. Right. Are they going to treat me different now? Right. And then from your side, I mean, you can speak on it. Just first time taking me out. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, there's challenges, right? You got to, you know, make sure you can get to specific areas and whatnot. But like, yeah, it wasn't really a question in my mind as far as like, and it's never really been like, hey, this is going on. Like, I never felt, you know afraid or you know i've always wanted to like ask you to do things right and i yeah i don't think that was in my mind and i think that probably helped uh you know a lot of your friends to realize like he is you know maybe after that event like he is comfortable going out and i think maybe that opened the doors up for them to you know want to include you on stuff right and just seeing me out being able to say okay, he does want to go out, yeah, right? Like yeah. I always want to go out, yeah. but I could see after an event like this or a change like this, people being a little hesitant. Yeah, like, for and, sure. Right. And, and it's not like, you know, people didn't want to include you on what, you know, they, I, you know, at least from my side of things, like I just wanted to make sure that it was something that you were going to enjoy, right? Not that like, I'm just trying to get you out of the house and like check that box, but I wanted you to like actually enjoy like what we were doing. Right. And then once you, once I found out that you, you know, had a good time, that kind of just snowballed into a lot of other things that we were able to do. Right. So some of those, I mean, as far as events go, we went to the opening of US Bank. Mm-hmm. You got us tickets to that unbelievable mm-hmm. night, um, getting to see the facility. You brought me to Allianz Field. We saw the soccer stadium when it was first built. Um, I think for my birthday, we went to that Timberwolves game. Yep. 
Yeah, down watching that. It was unbelievable. And so, you know, we've been to all these events, Vikings game, big Minnesota sports fans here. Mm-hmm. Um, so just these certain things, they're so fun and it's so achievable, but it does take a little bit more work. Um, I'd say for me, the toughest thing is learning patience mm-hmm. um, after my injury and having to plan certain things. I'm not as spontaneous. Yeah. So definitely notes taken there for anybody that has someone who's gone through an injury that needs a little bit more assistance. There is a little bit more planning that needs to go, but man, when we were having so much fun when we get there and get everything solidified and planned out, um, you know, as far as trips go, we've been to, you drove with us when we drove to Vegas, which is uh, 20 some hours in the, in the old van and had a great time there. We went to, you made it up to my cabin a couple of years ago. Yep. Yep. Um, Actually got to bring Mace. Yep, got to bring Mace and Mace and Mal and your grandparents' cabin up in Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So your oldest at the time, you're only at the time. Yeah, it's so fun seeing you grow with your family and being able to have them and include them in my life as we continue to grow too. So yeah, absolutely. No, that's yeah, that's been a blast. I think yeah, like I said, our relationship just kind of snowballed, and obviously we both like going to events, but you know, there's a lot of just hangout days in between there. And obviously the, the live life clothing thing that we started together. And that kind of really, um, I think kickstarted both you and I's kind of, uh, business, uh, taste, right. As far as like what we wanted to do. Um, obviously we weren't super experienced, but I think that kind of, uh, you know, projected us a little bit on kind of what our career paths look like. So very fortunate for that opportunity to do that with you. And I think that kind of, you know, the doing that, you know, business with one of your close friends is difficult, but I think that kind of uh, glued our personal relationship a little, you know, and just kind of set the foundation for us. Right. And for all of you that don't know, we actually started a clothing line when I was 21. Mm -hmm. We were both 21 at the time. And we thought it was a huge failure and it inevitably looking back was not a failure. And so kind of looking to bring that back a little bit. So be on the, be <laughs> on the lookout. Um, this is going to be our logo, just live life. Um, we've got our wing structure and then the star for the North star state of Minnesota. Um, so working on that continue. So be on the lookout uh, for more apparel and gear on our way, but no, that's uh, definitely a really good point where we got to, get a chance to understand each other, not just on a personal level, but then professional level Yeah, yeah. Um, as we move through. But then, you know, the big trip that I want to focus on mm-hmm. is London mm-hmm. and how fun it was for me, not only just getting out of the country, I've been to Mexico when we were 18, but going over the pond, as they say, mm-hmm. um, getting a chance to just that, that entire trip was so much fun for me. Yeah, And there were so many things that were, catastrophic yeah but so many on such a fun level yeah so how the heck did this even stem well i mean i one of my many part-time jobs you know during my 20s i worked for delta and i had these buddy passes and you get you know 40 or 50 percent off working with delta so um (laughs) yeah i mean I, you know, a couple of weeks before had a, had a close buddy that was playing overseas and, you know, just kind of my spontaneous mind was like, Hey, let's do this. And then, you know, just asking who trying to think of who would be able to, to go over there. Um, like I said, I've never really shunned away from asking you to, to do fun stuff. And I asked you, I think a couple of weeks before, I think I asked uh, one of our other buddies like three or four nights before. Um, but yeah, I was able to use some of those buddy passes and, uh, Nicole, your longtime PCA came along, which obviously she kind of was the glue, the mother hen for our trip. Um, but yeah, it was kind of came together pretty quick, but it was was a heck of a time. It was so funny. So I get the text that's just two weeks before and he's like, what are you doing in a couple of weeks? And of course I had nothing planned. I'm like, you know, I'm working not a whole lot. And you're like, what are your thoughts on a trip to London? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What are my thoughts? Sure. Like, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. And you're like, haha, seriously. Yeah. Get it ready. Yeah. And I remember using the buddy passes and we're like, oh, we can get this for somewhat cheap. Mm-hmm. I think the coolest thing was the flexibility. You know, I wasn't able to do it in a few nights, but two weeks was enough for me to plan it, mm-hmm. get work off. 
yeah. um, get my PCA to commit because um, I do need help wherever I go places, mm-hmm. um, which I can dive into more with other guests. But um, got that solidified and I'll never forget we're at the airport with the buddy passes and we drive up there. We got a red eye flight. We're like, I wonder if this will work. And so we drive up to the counter. Um, I asked the lady, I'm like, hey, what are the chances that we can get bumped up to first class? And I remember she just did her little keyboard type thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, how many of you are there? And we're like, oh, shoot, there's four of us. Mm-hmm. And it was two seconds later. She's like, uh, yep, mm-hmm. you're good to go. So we got bumped up to first class. Mm-hmm. And I remember loading in the plane. We get into first class and you could definitely tell that none of us have ever flown first class yeah. because they started giving out socks. They were giving out headphones and we're like Christmas morning ripping open socks, yelling to each other. They got socks. We got free socks. We got blankets. We, we got, got pillows. <laughs> blankets and pillows. And then they did the flights and the meals. Yep. And do you remember the guy that was in first class with us? Oh, yeah. Yep. So he, instead of getting meals intermittently for this flight, he's like, no, give them all to me right away. Yeah. So he took all his meals yeah and he ate them all right away yeah. and then he put his curtain up and it was just a do not disturb this guy definitely travels quite a bit yeah because he ate that and then he just passed out for the seven hours yeah no after yeah after flying a lot over the years just with work and stuff it's yeah you get those business people that just want to eat get it done and then you know sleep because they got to land and then you know do shit um but yeah us kids now we stayed awake the whole time and just enjoyed every happy hour pass every um yeah all the probably the flicks that we watched on and just i mean the nicest thing about first class is that you just can lay flat right right like they're lay flat so like being able to like you know sit up in like a main cabin you know you can go back a little bit but the ability to like lay flat and you were you were able to lay flat right once we got you situated so in my situation as we go through and I start to talk more about my injury is pressure source mm. are massive. Mm. It's something to avoid just with my injury because I'm sitting all the time. But again, I can't feel yeah. certain areas. So if you can imagine sitting uncomfortably in a chair mm-hmm. and then being like, okay, this is uncomfortable. I'm going to move. Yeah, I don't have that ability. Yep. And so it would just continue to get really bad for me. Mm. So that's why I constantly have to be moving around. Right. Yeah. So on this plane... Um, you know, able to maneuver and have it tilt back. That pressure moves from one solidified spot to different areas. We get to lay off of it. So, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was something that was just fantastic for me. And then I'll never forget, you know, landing, going through the airport. But then when we got to our room, thankfully your friend who plays over there mm-hmm. was able to help me out with the room because not only do I need, you know, more assistance than most people, but we had a room that was connected to the stadium. I mean, it was the works when we got over there, which yeah. again, super great. Yeah. Yeah. No, he set it up. He set it up perfect. I mean, couldn't have asked for a better setup. And the problem was my chair, we go over and I didn't do a lot of studying before we went over to London on converters. Mm. So the, the first night we go in to plug my chair and all of a sudden we just like this zap Mm -hmm. it's gone there's no charging so my chair again lost power uh, about day one and a half i'm trying to conserve we're putzing around Um, we were there for what four four or five days five days i think five days four days yeah yeah so there's a whole story there of trying to find a charger thankfully we were able to find a charger from like a local circuit city just a backstory and a half on that one yeah yeah but once we found the charger um, you know, and had a few days, got acclimated to the time zone. Mm-hmm. I'd say my favorite memory was the night we went out to that club mm-hmm. with Cody and and a couple of his the the player over there and his his family was in town. Oh man, we were just drinks, clubs, singing. Yeah, it was dancing. so much fun. Dancing, dancing, middle of the dance floor. Yeah, I'm again. I'm not shy when I'm out in public. Had a few drinks in me. Yeah. Um, you know, at night I love to be out there sitting on the dance floor, oh, yeah. whooping it up. Um, but I'll never forget we 
you know, it's getting late. It's probably two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Things just done shut down, yeah. which is also awesome. Yeah. Um, but then Cody and I were like, we're starving. We're really hungry now. Um, we're going to go to McDonald's because why not? Yeah. So I remember Cody and I went to McDonald's with a few people. Yeah. And then you separated from us. We didn't know where the hell you went. <laughs> yeah, Ryan and I went to, uh, Rents and I went to uh, this like club that was connected to the casino and the McDonald's you went to was in the casino. But yeah, this club was like four different themes and we had gone there a few nights, like our first night, I think, and met some people. And um, yeah, it was just a blast. Just like they had like this uh, 70s kind of like disco theme. They had kind of like a, a darker club. I, yeah, I can't even remember the other two. But yeah, it was a pretty sweet complex as far as like that club, those four clubs being connected to the casino. And then I think we had left the the clubs to try to meet up with you guys or we went to the casino. And then I just remember being at the blackjack table and obviously we were hungry too. So we're like, did you guys bring us some food? And I just this, remember. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the story is because when we got separated, we had no idea where you went. Yeah. You knew we went to get food. Yeah. So not only were we at McDonald's, which by the way, there was a hundred people at this McDonald's at two in the morning. Yeah. Like just having a oh, ball. Yeah. A lot of people. There and there. then all you kept texting me was that you wanted cheeseburgers. Yeah. So of course, another little hack to the world of being paralyzed in my chair is I don't get patted down a whole lot when I go places. So at the time, I thought it was a great idea to get, I kept asking like, how many do you want? Yeah, yeah. I think you're like at least two or three a piece. <laughs> yeah. So we're at McDonald's, got food, enjoyed it. And then I remember Cody was like, hey, how are we going to get these in there? And I was like, oh, got a great <laughs> idea. So I stuffed cheeseburgers up in my shirt around my waistline here, knowing that they weren't going to pat me down. And I remember the look when we went from McDonald's into the casino, we saw you. And I remember Cody pulled my shirt up and pulled out cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. And the look on your guys' faces were like, Heaven. we just came in with like oh, saviors. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, because you couldn't bring outside food in. No, but they're not going to pat me down. That's yeah. the beautiful thing. I cruised through. And we just proceeded to eat them, at, eat, eat them at the blackjack table. <laughs> they didn't even care. That was. No. A, another great thing yeah oh my goodness just seeing you guys i can still instill in my face like it was like a kid just coming down to a presence under a tree on christmas yeah oh my goodness everybody has those moments for you know mcdonald's has come through in the clutch and yeah you guys definitely came in the clutch that time shout out mcdonald's shout out to mcdonald's 2 a.m no big deal um, no, that was just fun. And then you helped me get in a taxi. I think it was like four thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Had to get help to get back to the hotel. Yep. But then uh Nicole was there to help me get into bed. But yep. that was a uh that was a night. And then the funny thing is we had to actually that was in Milton Keynes, which is about an hour north of London. Yeah, hours south, I think. Okay. London. Yeah. But then our last day we decided to do the touristy London. Let's mm-hmm. go see Big Ben um you know let's have fun with it be tourists so we actually drive down to our hotel we stayed or no we didn't stay the night however it was we got into and we wanted to go to you know the transit system that they have Mm -hmm. and being able to navigate and i remember the closest one to the hotel we were at we got tickets and she took my ticket and we go through and then it's just stairs that drop down to the transit system. And basically we got the tickets, we go to this stairfall and I'm like, where the hell is the elevator? Mm-hmm. And I remember going back to the lady and being like, hey, where's your elevator? And she's like, we don't have an elevator. And I remember thinking to myself, you saw me come through and get tickets yeah. and didn't think, how is that gonna go down the yeah, stairs? No. Yeah, she wanted to tell you after you bought your tickets. Yeah, of course. So as we continued to go, we then, had to go into the the rail system. We had to find a few stops that allowed, you know, wheelchairs to be on. Yep. So we got this taxi, which was great. Taxis were pretty easy to grab at the time. And I remember the transit system at every stop, it's not necessarily going to be flat. Mm-hmm. And so it could be up eight inches, could be down, could be close. And so as we continued to navigate where we wanted to go, you know, we saw Big Ben, we went over to 
Uh, I think the World War II Museum mm-hmm. saw the London Eye. Yep. A just beautiful thing. And as we got to our stop to come back to the one we needed to be at, they didn't call ahead with a ramp. And so we had a drop of like eight inches, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem like much, but these chairs are 300 plus pounds without me in them. And so I remember it's like we can either try and jet out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to be looped for another hour on this till they get a ramp. So we just hit it like fast and the furious. I felt just like Vin Diesel cruising through this thing. And it's not easy to like grab your chair and like lift you like way to side, like, you know, because you have to stay close because you can't really extend your arms. Like, right. you know, if I'm lifting up your chair, I can't extend my arms and you know, lift you and move you over. But so it is a little difficult. So people are like, well, why don't you guys just lift them off? Well, yeah, it's if you lift this chair with you in it, it's not the easiest to maneuver. Right. And again, you're a big guy. Not everybody has friends that are yeah. big in amount. So I remember you guys kind of you guided me yeah. as I cruised off. This. Yeah. It was like Buzz Lightyear where he, he's not flying. He's, yeah. yeah. He's falling he's falling or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt just shooting out of this. A slow mo could have made the movies. Yeah. Um, so we got off there, thankfully, and then our taxi driver left us high and dry. Mm-hmm. So we were stuck in the streets of London. It starts raining. Yeah. Pouring. We're freezing. Yep. we're in bad areas i don't even know where we were yeah cody i remember is just like we probably don't want to be here any longer yeah i just remember cody like booking it all through the streets and he's got his arm in a sling and i'm just like oh man he's gonna just like wipe and get more hurt right. um but yeah it wasn't a good area and you know you can you kind of like have those moments like in especially another country where you're like i don't feel you know the most uh comfortable right now just a- so couple americans <laughs> just out couple, there trying to trying to navigate through the streets of london but yeah it was downpouring we kind of had to take little breaks you know sit under canopies for a little bit and cody would you know sprint to the next street to try to get a taxi but we did we got one person we flagged down got one guy that was and we're like to... can we all fit in here please yeah we'll give you all the money we have yeah yeah we didn't have a lot of money at no, the time no. but Change. We gave them all our cash, drove us to the hotel. Oh my goodness, that was the biggest saver because I thought we'd have to. I think it was like twenty-five miles. Yeah. Because we looked it up and I was like, I don't think my chair can make it. Right. So we started heading just to see, and then we we flagged them down, which was great. Yeah. But super fun. Yeah. And then, of course, on the way home, we asked again, went up to the trusty counter and said, "Hey, we've got these tickets." What are the chances we yeah. can get bumped to first class? Yeah. She said, How many are there? And this time we had five. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Oh gosh, there's no way. Yeah. Two seconds later, yep, you're good to go. Yep. So, note, never going to know unless you ask. Just go for it and just try asking. Oh, it's funny because <laughs> you're not supposed to ask. Uh, as a worker, if you bring like people on, as a worker, you're not supposed to ask. But yeah. But I mean, it is good to. Just checking. I asked, not you. Yeah, so yeah, you asked. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll just say you went off and did your Keep own your thing. name clear. He's crazy. I don't, yeah. <laughs> no, so then, you know, flying first class was great on the way back. Mm-hmm. Um, always really nice. Obviously, the, the same setup that we have. Yeah. No, it's a sweet setup. And thankfully, I was able to utilize the perks a little bit. Um, my wife now and I went to Barcelona uh, for a trip. And yeah, it's a good, it's a good perk. But, um, yeah, first class is the way to go. So, you know, when you fly, like how are, what are the challenges, you know, are there different challenges from, you know, that was a long time ago from when we went, obviously it was an international flight, but what does that like domestic flight process look like as far as you getting to the airport, you pretty much all the way to like, you get in your rental rental car. Right, so you've seen it a few times. It's kind of a disaster right now. Mm-hmm. Um, think the lord delta has started going through something i'm not sure if it's intact or when it will be used Mm -hmm. and steve you can pull up the photo of it um what it's going to look like Mm -hmm. so basically right now i get to the airport early they put a tag on my chair Mm -hmm. letting them know it's going to be the last piece that goes into the plane Mm -hmm. um take care of it as best they can but i've seen some horror stories so then i go down the shuttle early and i go from this chair 
to an aisle chair, which is basically like a dolly, mm -hmm. if you've seen, and I get strapped in there. And then I take that chair to my seat chair. Um, you know, I take everything off this chair that I don't want broken. And so I get on about 10, 15 minutes before everyone. And then when the plane lands, they every, load, they load your chair underneath, right? Yep. yep. Last. That's what that last, tag okay, does. Yep. Um, just making sure they take as much care as they can. But again, this is my livelihood. Mm -hmm. And then once we land, everybody gets off, they get my chair. I don't get out of my plane chair into the aisle chair because it's really uncomfortable until I know my regular chair is brought all the way back up to the terminal. Mm -hmm. And even then, you know, they're trying to get me off, trying to, you know, get out of the plane so they can clean it, which I understand, but I'm not going to sit in right. this really uncomfortable. That's not good for my body mm -hmm. until there. So, and I know there's been a lot of issues with airlines and chairs because I get people don't fully understand mm -hmm. the severity of it, mm -hmm. but you know, you got to realize that with this, if I don't have this, mm -hmm. I don't have anything. Right. Like I can't just go into a regular wheelchair because it's not fit for me. Right. It doesn't do the same as the cushions. Like there's so much that still needs to be done. Right. Rather can't just hop wheelchair to wheelchair. Right. There's so much um, specialized, you know, equipment that goes into it. Mm -hmm. So the beautiful thing that Delta has been doing is they just launched a wheelchair seat. So basically to my knowledge, I'll be able to just drive this in there mm. and stay in this chair. Awesome. Instead of having to avoid all those other complications. Yeah, that's a lot easier. Right. It makes traveling. You probably feel more comfortable obviously oh, doing that. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. Not only for worrying about my chair, but then worrying about my body in the plane's chair. Mm -hmm. um, being able to navigate, it'll make trips so much easier for work, for fun, for pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, like that's the biggest thing too is I don't have this hindrance on wanting, to, oh man, now I got to fly, I got to go through all these hurdles just to get right. onto the plane, mm -hmm. let alone everything else that goes through it. Mm -hmm. But this just, this would be fantastic. And, you know, the other thing too from these trips is it just goes to show like everything can be done. Right. Like it's so beautiful. Like the world out there is so much to see. Yeah. And traveling, if it's not on your to-do list, great. Like you can still go through hobbies. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, talking about the activities that we've gone through, mm -hmm. trips to London. Like I'm able to fulfill what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Like you said, with a little bit more planning, a little bit more things along the way. Mm -hmm. But it's still achievable and it still helps me appreciate everything in life even right. with this life-changing injury right like i'm able to navigate go do what i want to do support my sports teams enjoy you know time looking at certain things going to travel the world and and the accommodations are coming right like this right. is yeah. the chair is going to be great for flying mm -hmm. as we navigate through now it's going to open the doors to doing longer flights right going to see other places if i want to i don't have huge desires to but now the door is open for me. Mm -hmm. So that's really exciting to what we have moving forward. And then, you know, as we navigate from that trip, you know, that was, I think only five, six years ago, mm -hmm. um, you know, with life now, I mean, I guess. Oh, the Europe or the England trip? Yeah. I think that was close to like eight, eight, ten years maybe. No, I think it was only six, but we can look it was back. Kinda, yeah, we'll look back. We'll, we'll look back. What you're saying is we need another trip. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. We'll do another In one. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> two no, weeks, I can, I can probably cut it. So you're saying there's more accommodations. So I could probably let you know, you know, a week in advance now. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. The time can be cut down. Delta, let me just fly right in there. I'll just yeah. drive in. Yeah. Can you Except get the, I don't work anymore. So we're going to have to. We're going to need you use, to get employed. Yeah. I can. Yeah. We're going to need you to get employed by Delta yep. for at least a month. At least a month. Yeah. And then okay. we'll. Just, we'll, just enough to get through the training program. Yeah. And we'll just ask them. We'll bump up. I'll ask now. You ask. You there ask. We, go. we got this painted. Yeah. No. So that that trip to me solidified that I can basically do anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as trips go, mm -hmm. um, being able to have fun, navigate through soccer games. We went traveled London. Uh, I mean, anywhere we go now, yeah. I know that we'll be able to achieve it. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's a huge piece, and I think hopefully that will you know inspire both able body people and you know, people that are in your, your position or similar to your position, right? Because yeah, there is a lot out there to see and, 
I get not everybody wants to travel, but like you said, if the accommodations are there for, you know, people in your type of situation, then, you know, it's, there's a lot of world to see and yeah, we're not here for a long time. So got to make sure it's a good time. Exactly. No, so let's fast forward to life now. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about the injury night. We've talked about trips. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit more about kind of your life now. You mentioned, you know, with the injury, it's not something you're thinking about every night with the, the diving night. But mm-hmm. um, as far as what you're doing, things, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, life now. Life now looks like, um, you know, I'm not the center of my own world and my wife isn't the center of my own world with having a three-year-old and a one-year-old um, and a third one on the way, actually. Oh, yeah. is this news to the world right now? This is news to the world. Wow, congratulations. This is gonna, there's going to be some time oh. between launch, right? Yeah. This isn't going to be out. You're not going to pull, far. you're not going to like reverse it on me and launch like yes. next week or in two weeks. Okay. Yep. Number three is on the way. Um, yeah. Due in May. So I thought that'd be fun to share on the podcast, but no, the, you know, the dad life, the parent life is, uh, you know, you kind of have an idea, especially if you have like you have uh, nephews and stuff. So you, you kind of get a perspective of what it's going to be like, but um, yeah, you don't really know everything until you get into it. Um, just like most things in life, but dad life, um, still coaching high school soccer at Maple Grove, uh, the boys JV team um, have given up club soccer. Okay. which, you know, I've been doing that for the last, uh, 10 years or so, which wouldn't trade those years for anything. But, um, now I just kind of need to, um, refocus my time and, uh, reset my priorities a little bit. So, you know, that hurts giving up, um, just because, you know, coaching for me is, you know, not in it for the pay. It's more so just the impact that I can have, uh, to young, young kids on and off the field. But, um, yeah, I'll still be able to get my fix through high school soccer. And yeah, once, uh, once my kiddos, uh, hopefully play soccer, maybe I can coach, get back into it. I don't know if I would want to be, you know, their youth coach maybe for the early years, but, um, yeah, maybe I'll get into it at some point, but, um, other than, you know, kiddos and coaching, just trying to take each day, man. Um, I think, you know, all my twenties and my early thirties was, you know, you're, you're planning exciting things, but you're always looking forward to the next. So I, I've really tried to, over the last uh, year or so, six months, um, just focus on like, you know, be present in, in that day. And, you know, you have to continue to, at least in my opinion, you have to continue to stack fun adventures, you know, family time. Obviously, there's a lot of life stuff that you have to get done, you know, throughout the weeks. But I think if you can continue to stack up those those fun times and those adventures, right? They're going to happen, but just enjoy the one that's going on now. So, um, yeah. And just, uh, just working and traveling for work a lot, but yeah, trying to maintain, uh, you know, family and friend trips is always, is always at the top of my list. Awesome. Spontaneous. So yeah. What's, uh, let's share a little bit about what's going on with you, you know, presently, um, right. at your job and kind of what, what do you like to do outside of work? Yeah. Audience. I mean, that don't know, like you said, if you ever need a little hockey assistance with the kiddos, okay, yeah, I, I, I can help. Yeah. You're on the list. I know a guy You're on the list. I'm on the list. Make it happen. Um, I'm still actually at the job today that you referred me into. Mm-hmm. So crushing it there. Yes, you are. Um, so all those employers out there, don't be afraid to hire someone with a disability because uh, I am living proof right here. Just got promoted um, to a senior role over at the company, but I've uh, been there for six years now still um, doing that. Obviously, I get to launch one of my lifelong goals here is working on this podcast, Yep. Uh, continuing to, you know, I want to travel a little bit more now that things are opening up with the airport, uh, making that easier, doing some more road tripping. Uh, you know, I'd love to have you out more as we continue to plan trips together as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll continue to do that. But, you know, like I said, model living each day that I can, the best that I can. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the biggest things too is, you know, as we continue to move forward, like again, for just today, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and sharing this mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. because it does, it brings it full circle to that night. And it's not like I've been itching to right. fulfill it, right. but- it really helps me paint that full picture. It's almost like 
a puzzle that's 99% complete mm-hmm. and you kind of miss the piece and you're like, at first you wonder where it's at and then you mm-hmm. kind of give up and you're like, ah, eh, this is fine. Yeah, yeah. And now I have that last inkling to, to close it off. Um, but that was, that was great. And, you know, being able to have the joys that we've had and experience it, being able to go out in public and, mm-hmm. you know, I love seeing people in wheelchairs, people that are out there doing their thing, living it up, not letting their injuries or anything stop them from what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that just goes to show even last night from how far the world has come with it. Mm-hmm. But you were just at a wedding last night. Yeah, I was at a wedding last night and um, I believe this eight-year-old, I, I believe she's eight years old, but um, her name was Emma. I got her bracelet on right now. Um, I told her parents I'm not taking it off for a long time just because, uh, so she is was diagnosed with, uh, cancer at the age of four. I think she had a, a tumor on her spine. So because of the chemo that they had to do, she's now paralyzed from, I think the waist down her midsection down, but yeah, she was out there living her best life on the dance floor. And, um, you know, from her chemotherapy also, she, uh, is deaf. Uh, I think she has hearing if her, I think her mom can speak into like a, you know, a little microphone to help her with some stuff, but she lost her hearing and now she's, uh, paralyzed. Um, but she, she's able to move her arms and she was out there just kind of group moving and grooving with her chair and just doing little wheelies. And yeah, it was just, I mean, it it was very kind of ironic to like experience that. Cause like, you know, I didn't know a lot of people at this wedding. Um, but so I was content with just kind of sitting and watching people. Usually I'm making a fool of myself on the dance floor doing some high kicks or splitting pants. But, um, it was, it was ironic to see kind of that little girl having such a good time. And like, here I am, you know, speaking with you and talking about, you know, your injury and that night and just our journey. It was just kind of, it was, yeah, it was strange. It was, um, but I just, you know, watched her kind of live life and just the joy that she brought people that were there and just them watching her and, yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you her her following, so hopefully we can maybe get that yeah get get that connected somehow on your site or something. But yeah, no, it's uh, like you said, there's people, all people, you know, across the world that are in similar positions for you. And you know, thanks for having me on and listening to my perspective of the night and just you know, kind of sharing um, a little bit about you know from my side of things, like where our relationship started and where it's gone and where it will continue to go. So I think, uh, I think people have a good understanding, you know, the ones that we're close to, but it's good just to kind of get there out, get that out there. And, uh, you know, you are clearly an inspiration for people, you know, that go through their daily struggles, whether they're able body or not. Um, you know, you've been a huge inspiration for me over the years. Um, as I've been, you know, as close to the situation as possible and even being in that position, I don't know, you know, I'm not living with you. Your parents are the truly the ones that know what you go through on a daily, but, um, you know, hopefully people in my position listening to this podcast will, it will give them some, um, you know, courage to like, if they have friends or family members to, uh, courage to maybe interact with, you know, that person in a different way, or maybe this gives them a little extra confidence to kind of not be so timid and asking their friend or family member, or even just a random person to go on an adventure or have a conversation about life or just do something like that. Right. So obviously, you know, this whole thing you have going on is very inspiring to everyone, but hopefully, you know, hearing my side of the things it would inspire people to, you know, next time you're out and about, hopefully, you know, somebody that hasn't talked to you in a long time, or maybe they've never talked to you about, you know, deeper stuff, you know, past a couple layers, um, maybe that would give them the kind of confidence and kind of feel good to have a conversation with you or like I said, anybody else. Right. And I think that's, that's a big thing, you know, as you go through is learning and understanding how to navigate through Mm -hmm. trials and tribulations. So obviously for us, we're going to do it our way Mm -hmm. and just how it works. And right. I would say how you've handled it, how I've handled it. Uh, you know, I love the relationship that mm-hmm, we have. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it for anything. Mm-hmm. And it's worked out very well. So my biggest thing is don't hesitate to reach out. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, whether you think it's too much, it's too early, always just reach out. Absolutely. Like, that would be my big thing too. And from my side, from your side, 
uh you know talking about her last night i'd love to hear stories yeah yeah um love to see that out there making an impact in the world mm -hmm. especially at such a young age where yeah, yeah. kids would be so timid and shy i mean even able-bodied to yeah. go out there and um doing what they want to do and, and like you said living life and you know i always want to end with a question here for you and all the guests that i do have is how do you live life that's a good question um like I said, right now, it's just one day at a time, but just uh, maximizing that time, right? Like just prioritizing what's important to you in life and, um, you know, making sure that you, you understand that, but then you also execute on that. So kind of a long drawn out answer, but um, just one day at a time and just appreciate all the, the relationships that you've had over the years um, and just continue to grow those relationships and new adventures, man. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I would say, I don't know if you were looking for a one word answer, but that's how I would say I live life. Oh, I think that's a beautiful answer. Again, Tony, thank you so much for joining. Uh, can't wait to get this released out to people. I know it's going to be a little while, but, uh, appreciate it. Maybe we'll have some more adventures yeah. uh, in the meantime. Yeah. We'll share those later, but no, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it, man. Of course. This is living life with Brendan podcast episode number two with my first live guest tony can't thank him enough for joining on today thanks again guys